What was the song again? Oh, yes, it's ladies' night. Ladies' night. Yes, it's ladies' night. Oh, what a night. Oh, what a night. Hold on. We got to do. Oh, what a night. Oh, yeah. I like that one. Yeah, there is one of those in there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yes, welcome. It's Tuesday. You know what time it is. Uh, We got a couple of things before we bring on our ladies' panel, uh, which is going to be awesome. There's a lot of great topics that we're going to be talking about today. you could basically see what the topics are in the scrolling ticker. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Sergio, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing very well. Looking forward to the next hour and a half. Um, yep. Great. We have 90 minutes of greatness. Uh, you know, Kim and Lisa both worked on this. Basically, the topics that they're going to be talking about uh, going over. Uh, we did have uh, six ladies. Uh, one could not make it today. Uh, so we do wish her well. Uh, but. Before we get going, we just want to make a couple of quick announcements. First, thank you for stopping by. We should be hitting 140,000, so we just want to do a preemptive thank you for 140,000 subscribers to everybody watching, uh, hanging out, and participating in the chat. Um, also, if you have any questions or anything, um, we will try to get to them. I will star them, and then we can bring them up later. Uh, or if the ladies want to you know, mention it during the show, uh, we can do that. So I'm not sure how that's going to go, because we do have a lot of topics that they're going to be talking about. Uh, And then also one quick thing too. next week's show will not be on Tuesday. It's Valentine's Day. So uh, Sergio and myself, uh, we both have wives that we have to appease and make happy. Otherwise, we're in the doghouse. We don't want to be in the doghouse. So uh, we are going to have to move it to Wednesday. So instead of Tuesday, it's just going to be Wednesday. Um, So one day difference won't make too much. But we got a lot of topics that we're going to be talking about. Plus, it's a very profitable rideshare driving day. Seriously, it's, I yeah. mean, for people who are going to drive, it's really going to be, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. And then uh, we just want to thank today's sponsor of the show, Legal Rideshare. Um, so as a full-time gig driver, you may have had the unfortunate experience of being involved in an accident, or you may have the unfortunate circumstance of being involved in an accident down the road. Um, so this is something that you can also look at preemptively. But this episode is going to be brought to you by the lawyers at Legal Rideshare. They've helped drivers like you put millions of dollars back in their pockets for car accident and injury claims. If you want to learn how, visit the link in the description below to learn more. All right. So uh, we have a wonderful panel of ladies. Uh, A couple of you already know who has been on the channel, both on Show Me the Money Club and also a regular rideshare guy contributor. Uh, They're going to be leading the panel and we have some other great women as well. So let's start off. We are going to bring on Lisa. Hello, Lisa. How are you? Hi, guys. Hey, I'm Lisa, doing how great. You? How are you guys? Good. Fantastic. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for getting it all set up with Kim. Um, you know, oh, going over these topics. Thank you for the list. opportunity. I'm, I'm honored. All right. Well, uh, we're going to bring Kim on now. Kim, hello. Hey, everyone. Hey, Kim. All right. We got uh, Dash, with, Dash with Ash. Hey, guys. Hey, Ash. How are you doing? Good, good. We got Sarah and we got Lady D. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining. Thank you for doing this. This is going to be really informative, truly. Yeah, I mean, first of all, you know, Kim is a regular contributor on the Rideshare Guy, so you probably know her from other videos. Lisa has been on the Show Me The Money before with uh, Mr. Beard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we know we know who that is. And, um, you know, and, and uh, obviously they're all going to get into uh, the conversation of 
the you know ladies spot in the gig economy which lisa actually educated me when she was on that over 50 percent of delivery drivers are female i didn't know it ignorant of me of course but then you know this is this long time coming again you know thank you all for for participating um, and this is going to be the easiest show me the money for me and Chris. We're just going to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, with that said, really, thank you so much for again showing up. And the floor is yours, unless Chris has something to do with it. So, <laughs> no? Well, uh, I mean, I, I think the plan is like Wait a minute. What happened to ladies night, Chris? <laughs> what are you talking about? I was, I, I was singing. I said oh, that already. Wow, he's like, I'm already in vacation mode. <laughs> yeah, I was all right, like, well, myself already. All right. So all right, well, we want to turn it over to you, get you guys going, because like I say, there, there's a jam-packed list that you both had put together. Uh, and, you know, five five on the panel. Uh, we did have a six, but unfortunately, like I said, she couldn't make it. Um, so, you know, it's still going to be jam-packed. So let's get you guys going right away. Or I'm sorry, let's get your girls going right away. And uh, we're just going to be quiet now. So, Sergio, let's go back. Have a good one. Break a leg. <laughs> Thank you. All okay. right. Well, we're going to first go around and introduce ourselves and where we're from, what apps we work, um, and any information gig-related that you want to share real quick. So, Ash, why don't we start with you, and we'll kind of go around. Sure. Um, so I'm from Canada. My name is Ash. I do videos as in ride-alongs, tutorials, tip videos, ramp videos, and live streams. And I work for Uber Eats, DoorDash, Instacart, and Skip the Dishes. I guess that's it. <laughs> oh, and I'm a mom. <laughs> there you go. I'm Sarah. Um, I've been, oh, sorry, I'm from Sacramento, California. Um, I've been working in the gig world since 2018. Um, started with Lyft and added on Uber, did that for about a year, and then I switched over to food delivery. So now I predominantly drive for DoorDash, but I also moonlight with Uber Eats, Spark, and then to catering pre-scheduled delivery apps. I guess it's me. <laughs> I'm Lady D or Diane. Either way, you can call me whatever. I am, I think, the OG of multi-apping. I actually started years ago as a part-time job with Bite Squad, picked up DoorDash, used to dirty app with those two um, on my lunch break. And then I progressively added Uber Eats, um, Grubhub, which I no longer do. I do now rideshare, Uber, and Lyft, as well as Spark. So I always try and put them in some kind of way. Welcome. Okay, hi, I'm Kim from Kim's Side Money Plans on YouTube. I'm also a contributor to the Rideshare Guy as well. Um, I started in 2018. And I have 12 apps altogether, but I work five regularly. The main ones I work are DoorDash, Uber Eats, Grubhub, Shift, and Spark. Um, and I'm just so excited that all of you ladies can join us today and really appreciate you guys being here. Thank you. And then I am Lisa. I'm the Driven Mom. I'm located in Denver, Colorado. 
And like Kim, I started in 2018, um, off and on. And I have a lot of apps, but primarily I use, um, I do Rideshare, I do Uber and Lyft. And then I also do DoorDash. And more recently, I've added in Amazon Flex, but just doing the Whole Foods side of it. So, um, and yeah, I think that's it. I'm on YouTube. I'm not very uh, consistent with it. I, I mostly just do live streams with my husband and the Driven Dad. And um, I have been doing some ladies' night live streams about once a month. Okay. And that's it. Okay, so we're going to dive right into our first topic. And I'm sure this is actually something when Lisa and I were coming up with these topics that kind of hold near and dear to a lot of our hearts. So the first one is schedule and flexibility of gig works and women in the gig work economy. So really easy. What does flexibility personally mean to you and how does it affect the way that you work? I don't know if you're starting. I don't know if you were starting with me or I didn't want to assume. So. No, go for it. Um, flexibility means a lot to me. I used to work. Uh, so in the U.S., they call it a W-2. I'm doing quotes. There we go. W-2. Um, in Canada, I just call it I work for an employer and I would get penalized all the time for taking time off for my son. I have a almost four year old little guy. And so the flexibility means a lot. I can be a mom. I can be a YouTuber. I can be a gig worker. Having the flexibility of being able to do that, it's, I'm a very happy camper compared to what I used to be working for a company. Let's put it that way. Totally mirroring what you just said. Um, my mental health and mindset overall improved so much leaving corporate America and switching over to the flexibility of the gig world. So I can't say enough how much flexibility has like made a difference in my life overall. And I just feel like I have the work ethic to stay out there and stay busy. And so that coupled with flexibility, it's kind of like a match made in heaven. All right, I guess it's me. <laughs> uh, I mentioned earlier I used to do DoorDash, Bite Squad part-time on my full-time job, which I was in broadcast and sales pretty much my whole life. Um, due to health issues, I actually would miss a lot of work in that. It was a very stressful job. And right before the pandemic, I decided that I wanted something different for myself. So I started studying in a different area and all of these apps allowed me to do that. It allowed me to put my first focus on changing my career path while still bringing in income. And that's basically why I, why I do it. I can work when I want to within reason. I mean, you don't want to work the crappy hours, of course. Um, so I tend to focus on a really messed up kind of bocce schedule but it really works for me and i'm able to still make the income i was making so i can't complain that's awesome yeah. um for me um i have a six-year-old um daughter at home um well actually she turns six tomorrow but um she you know it allows me she's gone to kindergarten this past year so i can put her on the bus get her off the bus 
be a present parent. I feel like when I was in corporate America, like I was always coming and going and staying at work. And I feel like now I am here, I'm present. I can go to anything that has to do with school. And to me, being with my family is worth everything that we do every single day. So flexibility to me means everything. And, you know, I think Chris and I were talking before the show that, you know, what snow comes, I can stay home. It's all good. <laughs> um, but it really does make a huge difference in the lifestyle from what I was used to, to what I am now. Yeah, I was going to say, I agree. Family is everything. And that's why the gig apps and flexibility is so important to me. Um, my husband and I, we homeschool our five kids and it's, um, for the longest time, I wasn't able, yes, Sergio, five. Um, I wasn't able to contribute financially because it was so important for us, for me to be home with the kids and educating them and um, the flexibility that these apps give us, give us the opportunity for um, me to contribute financially and for Tony to be home as well um, throughout the week and just kind of, you know, make family our top priority. I'm just going to second what follow Kai's tracks says. Lisa is a rock star. <laughs> Can I have your stamina, please? Oh, my gosh. It's caffeine. It's caffeine. That's all, really. <laughs> Lots, stupid amount of caffeine. <laughs> I think we all have some kind of like vice caffeine that like fuels our world. I know mine's Dr. Pepper. I know a couple people drink co coffee, so something has to spark it. I've actually been trying to get healthy, and so I've been tr like slowly cutting it out, and I'm miserable. <laughs> like, I don't do know not why do I'm doing that. this. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so next one. So what does your typical schedule look like? Is it structured? Is it all over the place? What does a typical week or day look like for you guys? Lady D, why don't we start with you first? We'll go the opposite way. Um, I'm probably the one with the most flexibility because I have grown children. Um, I wish these apps had existed back when I was raising my kids. I couldn't even imagine what a difference it would have made um, so I'm kind of all over. I do ride share three to six in the morning only by reservation because the reservations on ride share pay top dollar. And um, so I'll do three to six Monday through Thursday. Um, and then I focus more on the weekends with ride share overnights and uh, DoorDash delivery, Uber Eats, um, six to nine, and then kind of throw spark in there as needed. So my schedule is kind of everywhere. <laughs> like everywhere. <laughs> I work three hours and come back, study, do three more hours, come back, do my mentorship. So I think um, maybe my situation might not be the same for others because you guys don't have that flexibility with children, but it, it's kind of all over the place. <laughs> I look at where the most money is at and that's where I work. Very smart. So for me, if I had to say typical, um, I would probably say nine to two, six days a week. But that definitely fluctuates based on um, the pre-scheduled catering. So 
every once in a while I'll get a dinner um, catering offer or a weekend catering offer. And so I, you know, work my schedule around those options. Um, I will say too, um, I have a daughter in college who doesn't drive. And so I pick her up from the train and I will say dash along the way to the train station helps with my like extra scheduling when I can pick up like an extra ride at the evening time hours when I'm headed over to pick her up from the train station. And for myself, uh, I hate mornings. You will never catch me out before 11 o'clock. So I tend to aim for, let's say, 11 to 2-ish. Most times I'm 11.30 because I don't go out. Uh, my days off are Mondays and Tuesdays with the exception of today because when you get minus 40 with the wind chill in Montreal, Quebec, you don't go out. Uh, just like Kim was saying, I know, I'm sorry, Kim, I know. Say <laughs> la vie. Um, then basically from two to four, I come home, I get my son from daycare and then I'll go out at about five o'clock to nine. So I'm about a six hours a day kind of girl. I would classify myself as a lazy gig worker is what I classify myself as. Very That's proud, awesome. proud, lazy gig worker. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, for me, I, as soon as I get my daughter on the bus in the morning, which is usually around eight o'clock, I'm usually, everything goes on and I'm ready to go. I usually stop around one, two o'clock because then I get her off the bus um, in late afternoon and only that I can get some stuff done around the house before everybody gets home. I cook dinner um, every single night and then I go back out once homework is done and said, and um, I'm back out again. Um, usually I work until about like eight or nine o'clock at night. Rinse and repeat. Um, weekends are, a, I, I always say I'm in and out on weekends because I'm trying to spend and find that balance between quality with my family and going out and working. So I might take an order from home and go, okay, I'll be back and take an order and then maybe two and then come back and go and come back. And I feel like that, I, like I'm a yo-yo a lot during the weekends because I'm trying to spend as much time as I possibly can and start the week all over again. But that's my typical schedule. So um, for me, uh, typically what our schedule looks like is Tony and I will drive Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And um, I would say start and end times are kind of relative. Uh, typically, we will drive up to 12, sometimes even 16 hours in a day. And then Monday through Thursday, we don't work. We're at home with the kids. That's typical. Um, with the January slowdown, that was not happening where the demand was there, where we could meet our financial goals. So we were going out sometimes um, early in the morning to do like airport trips or more in the evening around dinner time um, to do, you know, like take people to restaurants or do food delivery. So um, it, I mean, we kind of fluctuate depending on the demand. Uh, more for us is just like a monetary goal that we have and we make our schedule work to reach that goal. Okay, so next one. 
How do you guys hold yourself accountable to ensure you're working the hours that you dedicate to the gig apps? Like, I feel like there's always like that fine line that you work too much and get burnt out. You work too little and bills don't get paid. But like, how do you hold yourself accountable to the schedules that you guys work? I want to go first on this one. Go for I, it. Look at, <laughs> I look at my bank account. That's how I hold myself accountable. <laughs> when you have five kids, it's like, the minute that money hits the account, it's gone. So it's like, all right, if I don't go out and work, then, you know, we don't have all the fun things that we want to provide for our kids. So that's it. That's my answer. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Mine's that's an easy it. one. What? Sorry, Sarah? go go ahead, Sarah. Oh, I was just going to say my, I'm kind of along the same lines. Um, you know, my accountability matches with my budget and I'm a single person, I'm a homeowner. So I have to be accountable for those responsibilities. Um, it, I mean, it's not an, a, not an issue for me, but when you're a single person and you have those responsibilities, um, it's not going to fall on anybody else. So got to do what you got to do. My wife kicks me out. That's it. She just tells me, go, go do gig work. Did you go out today? No, go do gig work. And that's my accountability. I don't have any accountability myself. Um, also, sometimes because I want to make ride along videos, though, that's my accountability is my YouTube channel. If I don't go out and I don't do the deliveries, I, uh, well, I don't record, then I sometimes don't do the deliveries. But yeah. I, I might be sarcastic, but it's true. You should see the text messages I get every day. Did you go out yet? No, move. So yeah, my wife keeps me accountable. Um, I would say my bills are what keep me accountable. I just try to work as much as I can. Even if I reach a goal, I'm still trying to work more because the bills never stop. And I'm a single woman, so I take care of everything on my own. And um, so that's my accountability, just uh, trying to make money. That's awesome. And for me, I, you know, I have my daily goals every day based off of my own, you know, bills that I have to pay. That's how I base my goals every single day. So for me, if I don't make my goals, then they kind of go hand in hand. So I have to go out, take orders, and at the end of the day, make my goals. And that's, that's how we get the good things in life, but at least that's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> Okay, lastly, so if any of these apps went to an hourly pay model, would you still, would it still work for you and the schedule that you actually have? Can you elaborate more on what you mean by an hourly pay model? Does that mean no tips? What does that mean exactly? So a lot of, some of these gig app companies, there's talks about, a lot of legislation going to we're going to get paid an hourly rate or some form of it. So whether it's just a straight hourly rate or whether it's an hourly rate plus tips, that's like kind of still to be determined. But if we went to like an hourly pay model, would it still work for you as far as the schedule is concerned? Now I'd like to comment on this. When, yeah. I, um, when I did Bite Squad, I don't know if you guys had Bite Squad. It was an hourly pay model. Um, you made 12 to 16 an hour based on the block that you would sign up for. 
but it was hourly or hourly plus tips, whichever made more. So quite honestly, with their pay model, I was making more or just about the same as I was on DoorDash. And this is six, seven years ago when DoorDash money was really good. I used to go out on my lunch break in downtown Tampa. I'd work one hour, make 60 bucks. Like it was nothing. Um, so Bite Squad kept kind of in the same with that. Now, if they went to a fee model, like you get a base hourly and then tips, yeah, that would be great. Um, you'd probably benefit more. But if they're just averaging out an hourly, heck no. And if you had to pick an exact schedule, I'd, <laughs> I wouldn't show up. <laughs> I, I agree with Diana. Like, if, if, if the hourly pay model requires us to work a specific schedule of hours, then I'm automatically out. And I would also say the only way the hourly pay model would work is if they're willing to pay me like $38 an hour, because that's what I try and average. And I don't see these companies paying us $38 an hour. I mean, DoorDash does the, the earned by time thing. And I think in their example, it's like $14. Like, I'm sorry, $14 is not, not cutting it for my family. So I would be out. And that's active time. At least with yeah. Bitesquad, they used to pay yeah. you no matter what. You could sit there and not take anything, and you you still got paid. So I don't think anybody can survive. And we're already paid. <laughs> can I can I interject something here? Like I've so yeah. I listened to the segment, so I have a couple of questions because to me it's like fascinating the conversation so far. So none of you are all W twos, right, at the moment. Just just gig work, correct? Full time gig work. Okay. Um, so, you know, as we know, W twos, most W twos come with certain benefits that gig work does not, you know, afford you to have or give you, right? So let's say benefits or a four hundred one k or a retirement benefits or, you know, sick time, paid time off, all these things, right? So when you um, are guys, when you guys talking about accountability, and so. That's the next question. But how do you figure into all these benefits that you guys do not receive doing gig work? And do you factor in in the amount of money you make to account for all these things? And is that enough? Just doing full time gig work to to get all these benefits somehow that would have given it to you? Yeah, I'm very fortunate that I'm on my husband's health insurance. So it doesn't, you know, come into the cost of my gig work, yeah, probably as a whole it does, but I'm just very fortunate that I'm on his insurance and it doesn't affect my bottom line like a lot of gig workers that are out there. It's different here in Canada. Every Canadian has basic health coverage. I could need hospitalization and surgery tomorrow and it's covered by the government of Canada. The things that aren't covered is let's say if I don't have insurance, I don't get a private bed. So I'll be like in a room, with, let's say four of the people but to that aspect it's covered and as for uh things like uh, i think you said it's a 401k we have it differently here but for pension programs when i left my, the company i work for i pulled my pension put it in saving lock it into a gic and then i do build up my own individual pension on the side with two different bank accounts it's just weekly contributions you know so there there's definitely options to get around that especially here in canada i can't speak on the us but there's options to get around that Okay. Anybody else? 
Um, well, I still have my 401k from working for 14 years in city government that I haven't touched. So it's still doing its thing. Um, and as far as healthcare, I'm in California. Um, I do qualify for the quarterly health stipend and I definitely use that for my healthcare costs. So, uh, grateful for that. Right. Um, as far as sick time, I don't know. I, even when I was a W2 person, I was one of those people that they would like at the end of my five years, they would say, you have all this sick time built up. How come you never use it? So I don't know. Knock on wood, I'm not sick that often. So I don't really think about paid sick time. Um, but yeah, my, I mean, my 401k and my, what they call in California PERS is what I have. Um, it's still sitting there collecting whatever cool. I collect. Cool. Yeah. I just wanted to know because it seems like you all are happy doing just gig work and, and obviously it's enough to sustain yourself. So all power to you as, as small business owners that you all are. There you go. Oh, if it wasn't for YouTube, I would say not sustaining myself. <laughs> Just adding that on. Cool. Great. Insurance is probably the biggest factor in this not working for me because my health insurance, now that I'm the only one paying for it, is astronomical. And so I have probably 91,000 in bills right now. Uh, medical bills that I don't know that I would have had health insurance from my previous employer. So that is something um, that I look at, but then that I have the time to take care of myself. I don't know. Okay, thank you, ladies. You next next segment, I guess, which what whatever it was. I, I'm, I'm, you guys yeah. are with the topic, so. <laughs> Thanks, Sergio. Okay, next one is home life balance is the next um, topic. So how do you manage your home work life balance? Lisa, well, I'm in a new stage of life. Oh, I'll go. Um, no, go. So my daughter, my daughter's in college now. She still lives at home, but um it's just her and I and you know she has her own life and boyfriend and school and work and all that so if it wasn't for her still living at home I would be an empty nester at this point um so I don't know my work-life balance is pretty easy to manage because it's really just for the most part me that I'm thinking about even though I'm still involved in her life you know she makes her own decisions she's an adult so Okay. <laughs> Everybody gets quiet. We never know. I know, right? And I'm a talk, so I'm trying to not talk as much as I normally would. Talk away. For me, being as old as I am and my kids being grown, I don't really have to worry about that. My biggest issue is getting enough sleep, probably, or that would be the biggest factor. But other than that, I don't really have anything else to answer to. But responsibilities. Sometimes because I've taken quite a lot, but it's provided me with the opportunity to wiggle around. So I think it provides me with great opportunity. But if I had kids, I don't know how you guys do it, quite honestly. I find it actually relatively easy because now 
The difference is like, let's say you work an eight hour shift. I used to work 11 to seven. You got to go to the grocery store. You got to go before 11. You got to go after seven. So it's like now if I finish, let's say a shift at two o'clock and I need to go, go get groceries, I can go, I can get them. I know I have two hours before I have to get my son from daycare. So there's more balance. I can come home. And when I'm home after nine o'clock, you know, I, I still have time to Sometimes, depending on how my kid is, get him down to bed or sometimes he's in bed earlier. But then I have options and like I know that, you know, a few of us are YouTubers. I get time to edit and work on content. These are things that when I used to work for my other job, like it was a struggle. Editing was a struggle. Getting the time to do it, being with my kid, having dinner. I couldn't have dinner with my family. What would I get? A 15 minute break. 15 minute break is not enough to go and have dinner with your family when you have a kid in the mix. So way more balance. It's just so much easier now. That's awesome. For me, it's routines. I'm a routine girl. Uh, if give me, you know, work this work that, you know, come home, edit, rinse and repeat, like as soon as long as I have a routine, I feel like I get everything done. And that's kind of where the balance comes in because I have blocks of time than I'm now with my family, which is fantastic that I never had before. Yeah, um, for me, managing work home life. Uh, some days I do really well and other days I do not. Um, it, it's really just a matter of being organized and like Kim said, routine. Uh, I like to make routines. Does my family stick to the routines I make? No, <laughs> no, no, but uh, we, we've kind of gotten into a good flow. I feel like where the kids are kind of understanding more like what's expected of them. And when they, and I have a full range. So I, my youngest just turned two um, on the second and my oldest is 16. So I, I, I am fortunate because I have the older ones to kind of help with the littles. Um, and and they're they're all really good kids so uh when the house is operating the way it should it's great and <laughs> when it's not it's not but teenage hormones and a two-year-old i know i'm so silly i have toddlers and teenagers which really they're basically the same just one knows more math you like... just became like the rock star times 10 sweetheart that's all <laughs> damn <laughs> I can't even manage my almost four-year-old, and you're ma you have a two, and in between, up to sixteen. Kudos yeah. to you. <laughs> they always say, "Little kids, little problems; big kids, big problems." Wait till they're like nineteen, twenty years old. Yeah, <laughs> that's when we'll be calling you for advice. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure it out, and I have a thirty-year-old. So <laughs> that's my age. That's my. <laughs> Awesome. And I'm and I'm trouble. So you know what? If my kid has my personality, oof. Wait, he does. <laughs> he does. Oof. Okay, that's actually a good segue to like our next question. So since we are all moms here, what do you think the biggest challenge is juggling mom role versus working? I actually have to think about this. I know it's a tough one. Like because I don't feel like I really have to juggle anymore. So I agree. Hi. Hey, it's Jay. 
<laughs> oh, I, I agree on that. Uh, Appreciate that. I mean, beyond like trying to get my kid to eat proper foods, I don't have to worry about much. I have so much more flexibility. <laughs> but that's the truth. Like he's almost four. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm stumped on that one because I can get him on schedule. Nobody can tell me, don't do this, don't do that. I got nothing to juggle. I agree. I mean, well, that is... is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Kim. No, I was going to say, mine is time. I feel like there's just never enough hours in the day. Like, all of a sudden, the day's gone. It's one o'clock in the morning. I'm like, oh, I have to, like, actually get some sleep and then be back up again at six o'clock the next morning. So I wish there was more than 24 hours in a day because I feel like it's just time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, that's that's the beauty of uh, both homeschool and gig work is that there's not a defined schedule. So if my kids don't want to do school at 9 a.m., that's fine. I love sleeping in. I don't get to, but I love it. Um, so let's let's do school at one o'clock, you know. Um, but I think the biggest challenge is just staying organized wanting to uh, get all of the things accomplished on my giant never-ending to-do list and not having enough time to do it all. You know what I mean? I have a top-up that I can say. Because of the fact that the only juggle is not between like being a mom and mom life, but I have ADHD. So sometimes that gets in the way, especially with like scheduling and such, but I, I manage. I think that would be the biggest juggle out of that question. And I know it's more like juggling between being a mom, but that's a part of it, I guess. It's a pain. <laughs> okay. So um, have you experienced burnout? And what is the first step to preventing burnout? I don't think there's a human on this planet that hasn't experienced burnout, especially moms. Like, I if you're like a mother and you say you've never experienced burnout, you're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> and I know I'm not muted this time when I'm laughing. <laughs> I, I agree. I call it the wall. I feel like you ever get to like the point where like you hit almost like a brick wall and like that's usually my stopping point like okay I either need a day off or i need to take time for myself or i need to go out with my husband at night like something needs to change i feel like i hit a wall and i'm like okay i gotta stop yeah um i recently when i got offered to be on this live stream my reply to lisa was this would be a great opportunity because I am just coming back from experiencing burnout. Um, I burnt out in real life because of something that happened in my real life. I didn't want to do gig work. I didn't have mentality to do videos. I took a break for like 10 days off YouTube and then I've come back. Like burnout is so real. And the way how I took the steps is immediately when I felt it, I was in the gym because I am somebody that has to go, go, go. I started changing diet. I started meditation and everything else. And so that's how I prevented it from getting at its peak because I know myself, I've been at that peak before. And then I got to refocus. And like, this is my first live stream that I've probably done. And I don't know. I don't remember when the last time I did one on my own channel. 
it takes so much work to get out of burnout, regardless if it's from your daily life versus work ethics, whatever it is, such a struggle. So I went through burnout in corporate America um, on an extreme level where I had to step away and take some time off. Um, and so now I feel like gig work is like cruise control <laughs> compared to that. Um, I, 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 I wish I could say that I have days that stress me out, uh, but I don't, I, I don't have them anymore. Um, you know, I feel like I kind of set myself up with this opportunity to be able to do gig to not ever get burnt out again, to be able to have the flexibility, set my own schedule. And I just keep being grateful for that every day because I know what real burnout looked like for me about six years ago. And so I don't plan on ever getting back to that point. Sorry. I know that kind of sounds like a cop out yeah. answer. but <laughs> That's super realistic. I think, I think that's yeah. a great answer. Yeah. She loves what she's doing. I, I admire that. What about you, Lady D? Yeah, when I um, switched to doing just gig apps as my main income um, here recently, I would say I experienced a lot of burnout in the beginning because I was trying to work every hour I could. I was trying to stay in my car that max 10 hours before they kicked me off the app. And what I have found is that's not really good. Um, so now I do spread it out. And that's why during the week, I try to work very little because the money isn't as good. So you're kind of spinning in circles anyway. And then I save up the energy, kind of focus on Friday, Saturday nights, as far as ride share goes. Friday and Saturday here is money. Um, outside of that, there really isn't a lot of that money. So I focus on that. And then through the week, just do a couple hours here, a couple hours there. Try not to do more than three hours at a time. But that's for me personally what works. And it's really helped because I was getting to the point where I'd work four or five days, 10 hours a day. And then I'd end up not wanting to get out of the bed for five days because I'm just exhausted just from driving that. Like my hat's off to anybody who can do this 10 hours a day in the car. Seriously. Because <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, come Monday morning after our, like, crazy long weekends, I am, like, totally shot. I'm like, all right, we're just going to sit on the couch, and we will let the magic school bus teach you guys today, because I'm not, I'm not engaging. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like, I said my hat's off to you guys, I'm muting my microphone, but I love that magic school bus all the way. <laughs> Miss Frizzle is the best. I mean, honestly. Uh, but for us, for me to, uh, I would say the first step in preventing burnout for me is um, the, the, the times that I've experienced it is when I have been trying to put too much on my plate and be the one to do it all. Like not ask for help um, because, you know, if you want it done right, you have to do it yourself. So I have learned the art of delegation and just not caring 
if it's not done the way that I want it done. Um, that, that's been key. It sounds like me folding laundry. <laughs> Can you guys tell that I'm a little bit of a control freak? <laughs> okay, I won't fold the laundry for you, Lisa. Okay, I'll do it wrong. I know it. So yeah, uh, just asking for help and not trying to do it all. Yeah, I need advice from you on that. <laughs> okay, Chris, did you want to break now or do I want to do one more question? Uh, well, well, yeah, what we'll do is we'll just uh, do the quick uh, announcement uh, and then you guys can get right back into it. Uh, so first off, again, thank you for coming on. Uh, this is our ladies uh, of the gig economy. Uh, you know, doing pretty much every app under the sun right now. So appreciate everybody coming on, uh, sharing your experiences and everything. Uh, just a quick announcement too. Uh, next week's show will be on Wednesday because next week is Valentine's Day. Uh, men out there with uh, your women. Uh, and, you know, if you're getting people Valentine's Day, anything, uh, just make sure you remember, don't forget about it. Uh, so you don't get in the doghouse. So uh, with that being said, uh, yeah. Our, our next week's show is going to be Wednesday instead of Tuesday, and we're going to have the same great stuff for you uh, from Sergio and myself. So that's all I got to say. Get right back to it. Okay, Lisa, we're going to go into the next topic. Oh, okay. All right. So my topic that we're going to be discussing is safety measures for female gig workers. I think this is a big topic. I think safety is important for all gig workers, but I think as women, it is one of the uh, big, big things that we have to face. Um, so do you think the safety measures available on the gig apps are sufficient to keep us safe? Yes. <clears throat> In a way, yes. They allow you the capability that you can turn on a tracking thing. So let's say I want Kim to know where I am or, you know, along those lines. Yeah, I do think they do. I think there's risk at any job, left, right, or center. And when we walk into certain jobs, a lot of them have to have precautions. Um, I wouldn't say there's top-notch safety, but I, I feel like the precautions they put into place, like tracking and everything else, is, is enough for me to choose and then go forward from there. So I'll say yes for now, but I will say that there's always room for improvement. I don't rely on the apps for my safety because um, I work for myself. <laughs> so I don't really rely on the apps for those types of things or or necessarily think that it's the app's responsibility. I think that making safe choices, working, you know, during in safe environments and at safe times and in safe neighborhoods, I think that's on me. Um, I It was definitely different with rideshare. I will say I had a different mindset when I had someone in my car, um, as opposed to, you know, transporting lunch and breakfast. Um, so I am kind of out of that mindset of thinking about safety all the time, um, which is something that I definitely did used to do when, you know, I had passengers in the car, but where I'm at now, I don't put that, I don't put that on the apps to uh, be responsible for my safety. So 
I have so much I could say on this. I do not think the apps provide any type of safety. Um, my first week doing ride share, I'll say for ride share, as far as um, my first week in ride share, everything that could possibly happen other than me getting maybe robbed or stabbed. I stopped doing ride share for a couple months. And one of the times specifically, the app actually crashed during the middle of the incident that occurred. Um, so the ride share company that I was keeping the ride for, too much information, but um, they were of no use to me, and I'm still fighting because I had rented a Tesla then, so I knew I had maybe access to more footage as to the occurrence that happened in my vehicle with a gentleman sitting behind me in his hands and pants being in places they shouldn't. If that says enough, and um, cops were called. Um, they're still trying now to get footage um, because, of course, at that point, I think he said, she said, thankfully, Tesla has some safety features. I was able to get out of the vehicle, all the police, but as far as the rideshare app I was using at the time, they provided no, they still have provided no help with the matter. So it did change a lot of how I operate and maneuver. And mind you, this happened at 7.30 at night, picking up from one of the most expensive hotels here on the beach. Somebody who was dressed in a nice suit. Um, somebody you wouldn't perceive as being a threat per se, um, which ended up being a very bad situation. So my experience since then has always been very cautious. And since we aren't allowed to carry a concealed weapon, keeping my tire gas, my, uh, what's the thing called? The tire iron? The lug wrench. Keeping yeah. my wrench in the car is about the only protection I have that's actually able to be there. Um, but I, I, if I see a situation now where I pull up and I even get a feeling in my gut, I'm canceling it and moving on which is probably why I have a 27%. <laughs> I'm really sorry that happened to you. Yeah. Yeah. It is what it is. Um, lesson learned. That's only one of the experiences I had. Um, not as, not as bad as that. Um, but I don't feel they provide, provide safety or provide, yeah, you can have somebody track the ride, but who knows what happens in between. Right. Well, you know, so you got to be, as a female, I think you have to be very vigilant. You have to be very aware and trust your gut from minute one. If your gut's even telling you a little bit, uh, trust your gut and delete it out. Or if a gentleman tries to get in the seat behind me, I'll nicely and politely say, you know, you would have more room if you sat on the passenger side. And if they don't take my cue from that, I will end the ride if they're not willing to move. Because I've had like riders purposely, I'll pull up so that they're getting in my passenger side, but then they'll walk yeah. behind me. That makes me suspect. So the minute that happens, I'll end the ride. I don't care. I'm done. 
I'm not taking it. Yeah. Sorry, I want to put in my two cents just really quick since Lady D and I are the only two on here that, that do rideshare at this time. Um, I don't think the apps provide, at least rideshare, I don't believe they provide enough safety measures for us. It especially upsets me that the passengers can put in whatever name they want. Yes. So we don't even have their real names in the accounts. Um, like that. Yeah, and then with the food delivery, I don't really feel unsafe most of the time. I did have an incident the other day where the neighbor's dog uh, really scared me, um, but I carry pepper spray, so I was like, well, I guess I'll mace this dog if it comes after me. But what is DoorDash going to do to protect me in that situation? It's no. like what Sarah says. These apps don't, I mean, what can they do? We have to kind of be responsible for our own safety and just you know, have our head on a swivel, be prepared, that kind of thing. Kim? Yeah, no, I I actually agree with a lot of you guys. I, you know, I think there definitely is a huge difference between food delivery and rideshare. And for me, it's just making smart decisions and being responsible for myself. I just know, you know, I don't work past a certain point in certain areas at nighttime, you know, I take my keys with me everywhere I go, just to even drop off to someone's house. Like I, I feel like I'm responsible for myself and the decisions I make and also the orders I take. And I think that's, you know, a big part of um, working even later at night. So, you know, I do think that they've, you know, from food delivery perspective, you know, DoorDash improved their safety this past year. Um, Uber Eats, you know, has like a little level security. So I think, you know, as a low level security, I think they've managed to put it in there. I think it's up to me to kind of take it the rest of the way. Okay. Um, all right. Next question. Do you think it is more dangerous to drive at night versus the day? I think there's always a different level of risk at night. I mean, I think anything can happen at any time of the day. So, you know, don't be naive to not know that things can happen during the day that at night, but there definitely is a more security measures I follow even at night to make sure I'm even safer um, at night than I am in the day. I call it a heightened sense of security going into nighttime when it gets dark. What do you think, Lady D? <laughs> I wanted to but I was trying to give them a, a chance. Like I said, my experience happened in daylight, 7.30. Um, so I have found that maybe at night, if you're in a bad neighborhood, that's when you get these trips with five stops. You already know that's probably no bueno. Um, but in general, I think the same risks can happen during the day or at night. I think, honestly, so I'm prepared, whether it's daytime or nighttime. At nighttime, I did learn from Big Mom, Tony, to, um, I got one of the little ones for me. And um, I usually try to wear like an orange or fluorescent type shirt for like just people to see me, identify me, um, 
even with food delivery, you're going around, people don't have their lights on, you're going up in somebody's yard, people are like, what are you doing? So I try to maybe more identify myself than I would during the day for that protection. But in my experience, it doesn't matter what time. I choose to not work at night anymore, mostly because I'm dangerous. <laughs> I can't see. So even with my glasses. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, seriously, I'm the dangerous one. I cannot see addresses at night. I cannot. I, I just can't. So for me, I stay away from nighttime. <laughs> Last year, I used to do a lot more driving at night. I My times I would drive is like 9 o'clock to 2 o'clock in the morning. And I live in Montreal. So Montreal can be rowdy at night, but I've never been bothered. But it depends on the season. This might sound stupid, but we get a lot of snow here. So when I'm out at night, it's in the winter because of the snow. Nobody wants to come outside. So I feel safer. And But in the summer, uh, it's... I don't feel that I lack feeling safe, but, you know, like I said, people are rowdy. Now I choose to make sure I'm not out at 9 p past 9 p.m. more for my son and for content. It's more of a choosing. Do I feel safer in the day? Yes, but am I bothered too much at night? Not during the winter, at least. I'd rather go out in the cold and be, be alone and not be bothered. Plus, between 12 and 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, there is really good tips for those that want those orders. So, Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I drive uh, 12 to 16 hours on the weekends. So I obviously am driving at night. Um, I've just learned uh, where to drive, like what areas in my neighborhood are, I feel safe. I know, um, what places I don't want to pick people up from. We have a, a sports bar that will remain unnamed that I will never pick up passengers from because I've had enough experiences picking passengers up from that place that I'm like, no, not going to do it. Uh, keep my car doors locked. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself because we do have a, a, a question here that has to do with kind of like tips and tricks. So let me get back on topic. Uh, Kim, do you, do you think it's dangerous to drive at night versus the day? Um, I think there's a different level of um, security at night than during the day. Like I said, I, I think that anything can happen at any time, whether it's day or night. It, I feel like I'm more cautious at night than I am during the day. Yeah, and I think probably we should be vigilant no matter what time of day it yeah. is. Um, all right, so do you feel uncomfortable when delivering food and it says wait in the car? I don't. I feel more uncomfortable pulling up to a house with a big gate that I have to open to get it to the front door that I can't, and I'm tall, that I can't see over the gate. And I'm basically walking into the unknown. Um, wait in the car. I can put my foot on the gas so fast. So. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> like you have a 2000 pound uh, weapon right there at your disposal. Yeah. So. yeah. I agree with Sarah. No. 
I've had weight in the cards before and I feel very comfortable where I'm delivering that if I'm delivering and I'm accepting that order to that location and they're saying wait in the car, nine out of 10 times now, I've done a drop off to every like location I do accept because I'm like, oh, okay, it's going there. Yeah, I'm so used to there. Uh, so I've had probably about four or five wait in the cars and they've always been good experiences. From my experience, it's just because a lot of them either don't want you to go up to the apartment complex or they know that the parking is just really hard. So they empathize and they say, like, I'll come down, wait in the car. Right. Just to add to, to Lady D's point earlier about pulling up to inspire people to get in on the passenger side for the wait in the car situations, I roll down my passenger window. So I don't really give people the opportunity to accept the food at the driver's side. I, again, I'm tall, so I can reach across and hand it to them. Or if I can't, I'll get out and come around the car. I don't, I don't roll down my driver's side window. So any weight in the car orders, except for when I did Postmates, which I guess Postmates was kind of set up on that. People met you at the car because every time you dropped something off, people were outside waiting for you. I had a waiting point. So I'm seeing this comment from uh, Follow Keys Tracks. Uh, she says, more uncomfortable delivering alcohol to possibly already drunk people and having to get a signature. We don't have that as an option here in Colorado. Do any of you ladies deliver alcohol? I do. I do. Yeah. New Jersey Not just started like maybe about a month or two ago. So it's something new here. So I personally haven't done one yet. Do you do you feel uncomfortable the the ones that have done it? Do you feel uncomfortable delivering alcohol or no? No, no. <laughs> I mean, uh, I've had a couple of weird situations, but I think they would have been weird alcohol or not alcohol. It was just the customer was just weird. weird. Yeah, <laughs> I have had the only problems that I have with the alcohol deliveries are people trying to show an ID that doesn't belong to them. In my opinion, I've never had a safety <laughs> issue for alcohol. I've only had an identification issue for alcohol. That's when they wanted the most. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, I've never had that. I don't know. I, I've never felt like awkward. The only thing I really hate is with Uber. They turn around and say, okay, you validated their data birth, their ID. What's their date of birth? It's like, I, I look for the year. I'm not looking for the date and the month Uber and they make me put in the whole thing. And so it's like, it is a little bit, it's not that it, it's not the customer. It's the wait process for Uber. Scan, scan, waiting, take a picture. One moment. Okay. One moment, please. You're waiting. You're waiting. You're, what's their date of birth? Well, by the time you're done, I don't even remember. So that's the only thing that really bugs me. It's just their process, but it's not the clients. I mean, I don't mind taking their bottle of wine back home if they're too tipsy or take it back to the restaurant. It's like, you've had enough anyways. Yeah, I've never had any bad experiences per se with the actual alcohol delivery. I did have a ride share um, ride pop up. And when I got there, the lady said, I'm disabled. Can you come to the door? I went to the door, she had a walker and she wanted me to go to the liquor store for her, offered me a hundred dollars to just go to the liquor store, get her wine. I was like, I can't do that. Um, 
because of the <laughs> Sergio's like, why not? <laughs> hey, I was I was finish finish that delivery, whatever. All right, sweetheart, what do you need? <laughs> I hear you, but it was when I started off. It was that first week, and I felt like, is this a setup? Oh yeah, and you wait. She was hammered. This lady was hammered. She could barely walk. She had a walker, and I felt like this this no. And That's good. I, She'll never. She won't remember you that way. I was waiting for him to say something. <laughs> I was like, Sergio's down for that. Believe oh <laughs> me, I thought about it, but I think I did the right thing because she was barely able to. Like, she could have really hurt herself. And she's like, "Oh, they do it all the time." And I'm like, "I can't." And then she started throwing things at me. So you know, she was an old lady, though. I wasn't really scared per se. But that's the only situation I've ever had that was bad. other than that. Do the right thing. Tips from Lady D. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I'm with her. I will. I. I'm not going, if alcohol delivery ever becomes a thing here or marijuana delivery ever becomes a thing here, I won't do it because I don't want the liability on myself. Um, oh, yeah. Cannabis? Oh, yeah. That's even better. Better tips. Yes. No. <laughs> I just won't do it. Uh, probably because of the, the kids that I'm responsible for. I just don't want that liability falling on me. It's the same reason why I won't do rides for unaccompanied minors. And yeah. I refuse to take your, you if you don't have a car seat for your kids. I, I just won't I do it. Yeah. Because I don't want the liability. I mean, with alcohol, I don't think anybody realizes you take on the same risk as if you were a bartender. So if you serve somebody that was already intoxicated, and say they leave that house and walk out just down the street and they get hit by a car because they were too intoxicated and you were the last one to give them alcohol in the state of Florida, you become legally liable for that. So there, you go to jail, you could be sued. Um, there's a lot of legal ramifications and that part's not worth it for me. It's $100, but the other I'm just, I'm just gonna say what, I agree with Simon. <laughs> But I'm always the troublemaker. It's nothing new. So for for a C note, I may even take my shirt off. So I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, not here. But maybe <laughs> I'm, I'm joining Chris. I'm joining. The, what is that? Members only. <laughs> you mean no, only fans? Okay. No. Only fans. Lady D, you never turn down a C note. Let me tell you something. Right. You want to be your cuddler. Uh, I'm oh, just saying. On, anyway, you, 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 you know, know I drink a gallon of Jack Daniels every day. I just needed to get my fix. And you want to get it for me? Uh, <laughs> now we got some promotion from Chris. <laughs> oh my gosh, Simon! Look what you started. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's rein it back in. <laughs> on a more serious note, um, what what is one tip? you have to keep yourself safe while delivering food or doing rideshare. Lock your doors. And say, take your keys with you every single time. I have to, if I'm locking my doors, I have to take the key. <laughs> I... Well, do you keep your doors locked while you're in the car as well as out of the car or? Voila. Out in, as soon as I get in, lock. As soon as I get out, lock. And it's also cause I have gear, YouTube gear in the car and it's not my cell phone. I record with this camera. 
So absolutely nonstop. It will drive me crazy when I see sometimes drivers, like, I don't know if you ladies get it, that you get like, you're dropping off an order and somebody else too is like a DoorDash and an Uber at the same time. And it just, they have their car on and I'm like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I can't, I just, and I, I'm not against people that do it. I'm all for it. Do whatever makes you happy. But for me, I'm like, nope, no. I am fortunate enough to, my car has push button start, major security. So even if my car is running, if I have the key in my pocket and I get within six feet of the car, it automatically locks down. Even if somebody got in the car, they're not going to be able to shift it into gear. Um, it will automatic, my car automatically locks. It has plenty of security. So a lot of times I do leave it running, but that's just because the car, the way it's set up. I years ago, Chinese food, and the driver came to bring me my food, and a car had followed him. As soon as he came up the stairs, somebody jumped in his car and hauled butt. Um, so if I didn't have the car I did, I would probably lock it, turn it off, but I'm fortunate enough I can leave it on. Nobody can do anything with it once, I, as long as the key's in my pocket. Sarah, do you have um, a tip to keep yourself safe? I, I just always stay aware of my surroundings 100% of the time. Oh, this is a good tip for you guys, because I know like Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, they say you can't have a gun, knife, um, even a taser. I saw on one stream that somebody had gotten deactivated for having a taser, but there's nothing against having oven clean. And let me tell you that oven cleaner is sprayed in somebody's eyes is no matter. It, it sounds painful over <laughs> I was going to say, I say do that with perfume. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> right. Oven cleaner. That's all I can tell you. I keep it in my house. It works better than mace, pepper spray. You're going to burn their eyes out. There's yeah, oven cleaner. I mean, I'm of the opinion that my life is more important than my livelihood. So um, I'm going to carry whatever I want to carry in my car. And if I get deactivated, I get deactivated. Yep. Um, but yep. I have heard of, of people being very creative with the weapons that they carry because they're not technically weapons. Like I've heard of people carrying scissors and I've heard of uh, the the wrench that you were talking about uh mag light flashlights like the really heavy flashlights um for me as a woman i'm not trying to get into a physical altercation i'm just trying to create enough space between me and the assailant so that i can get away because um i can't fight i'm not i'm not built to fight so i just want to get away easy off She's still going now, with it. now that Lady D brought up Easy Off, your price just went up to two C notes instead of one C note. <laughs> Jay's writing this down. Oh my gosh. Lisa's going to go buy oven cleaner tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> no, here, here's, here's one thing, too. For people, if you're carrying mace or anything, if you're getting the spray that just sprays out, you're going to get it too. You want yeah. either the gel or another thing you can do. Home Depot sells those spray bottles. And those things are amazing. Like you can get the stream where it'll shoot out a stream 15, 20 feet. So if you get enough in there and it, it can look like glass cleaner or something like that, but that stream will stay st direct on 
And like I said, you can get 15, 20 feet range on that. So Home Depot um, spray bottles are good too. Does anybody else feel like interviewing Chris as much as I do right now? Like, Chris, what have you been through, my friend? <laughs> I guess we'll have to talk another time, right? <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk another time, yeah. Um, one other thing is have a dash cam. If you're doing rideshare, yes. have a dash yes. cam. Yes. The one that records inside the vehicle and outside the vehicle and has the the night vision. Yes, ma'am. Document everything. Because I've been deactivated from Uber because of false accusations. And the only thing that saved me was that I documented everything. So. Jay is too cute. Y'all should have an Amazon link for, for, for the oven cleaner. <laughs> Jay, I'm not adding that. <laughs> but that is cute. I love it. Oh my gosh. All right, Kim, what is your tip for uh, keeping yourself safe while delivering food? It was the same as Ashes. I take my keys everywhere. Like there's no way I'm ever, I ever leave my car running. Um, not only that, but your keys can be a weapon in your hand. Um, so, you know, people don't really think about that too much, but it, it's multi-purposeful. But most of all, protect yourself. Um, money is never worth the risk of your life. So at all, at any cost, if you ever don't feel safe, just get out, uh, just leave, get out, do whatever you need to do to stay safe. All right, I'm looking at the time and we're gonna have to uh, yeah. kind of rush through these last two sections if we wanna meet this 90 minutes. Sorry, uh, when you get Maybe. this many women on the panel, right. you should know. No, no, no. You guys take your time. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. Why don't boss, we do, do Lisa? Boss, we just go another 15 boss. How about this? 15 more why don't, minutes. We do Lisa. why don't we do three from, or two or three from each of the last okay. two sections instead of all of them? I, I think that's good. Okay. So next section is strategies to succeed. So what is your strategy to achieve your goals daily? And do you actually have a daily goal, weekly goal? Uh, I'm glad you said weekly because I definitely think that having a daily goal can kind of set yourself up for, I don't want to say failure, but not meeting your goal. Just because there's so many days where you'll have like app issues or weather or something that's out of your control. And for me, um, if I set a weekly goal, if I have one bad day, I can, you know, kind of make up for it or work a few extra hours or whatever the situation is. So um, that's actually one of my biggest notes that I took here is I think having either a monthly or a weekly goal um helps you kind of balance out the days where things happen that you know you don't have any control over yeah i agree i'm, I'm a lot, lot more comfortable with weekly because daily is just it's too hard it changes sometimes your daily could be for example depending how bad a market can be i've seen people say it 60 bucks a day that's atrocious but if it comes to weekly i have a better mindset that okay i can you know, do these hours to make up for it. And then it becomes, but you did not just put oven cleaner in that chat. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> Mon sequesta. Hey, hey, I I'm on the ball. Come on. <laughs> we, get a, we get a penny, penny out of each sale. That's all we do. So. Oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> 
for for us, our weekly goal is three thousand dollars combined. Um, so for me, that would be fifteen hundred. Uh, five hundred dollars a day is the goal. I have I have made it several times. Um, but it is a grind. And that's why sometimes I have to work throughout the week to meet that goal. Um, wow. That's that's the beauty of rideshare, ladies. I'm sorry. Like, yes, the money in rideshare is much better than food delivery, at it. least for me in my market. I have to say that because I know everybody's market can be different. And Sarah's over here shaking her head because she's killing it with her food delivery and catering orders. So. I had a $356 catering order yesterday. Yeah, That's see, awesome. we, I don't get that, though. I'm doing something do wrong. I don't get either or, so I'm doing something <laughs> wrong. But I don't do rideshare. Ease. Yeah, mine's kind of special. I'm a, I'm a numbers person, so right when I started kind of doing this for full-time income, per se, I'm a graph person, I'm a spreadsheet person, so I kind of mapped out stuff for a good two months and then narrowed it down to the best time frames so that I'm only working the hours that are gonna bring me maximum income. And because I multi-app, if something else is slow, generally something else picked up, and I focus on a monthly goal. Um, I even really go for yearly, but then break it down monthly um, I never look at the day because that can kind of depress you. Mm -hmm. If you're going for that daily goal and you don't reach it, then you, you're just defeated. And then the next day you kind of have that defeated attitude. So I look at the overall month and if y'all are into doing that stuff, make spreadsheets, look at the hours that make you the most money and then try to navigate around that so you're not working as hard. I See, love I'm, it. I love I, that. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I I'm a goals girl. Like I, even though I know what my weekly goal is in my mind, I always have to know what my daily goal is, even if I don't make it. Because there are days that you don't even come close. There are some days that you do come close. There are some days that you make it. But to me, it's at the end of the week is what actually matters. But I have some. I have to have something to look forward to or to reach. So for me, daily goals work along with weekly goals, but that's just me and how I operate. Okay. So next one, what is at least one practical way gig workers can be more profitable? I'm going to talk about gas. Sorry, Lisa. I know Lisa's <laughs> one of the lucky ones that doesn't have to worry about it anymore, and I cannot wait to be there. But um, gas in California is no freaking joke. So I would say that setting a weekly gas budget for yourself, and I personally always carry cash because it's cheaper to get gas if you pay with cash. So I will, on a day that I know that I need to gas up, I will be actively looking for gas stations that I can see might be a little bit cheaper than others. And after a drop off, I'll go and gas up at the cheapest place that I've seen as I've been driving around for the day. Um, so for me, trying to cut gas costs is huge. Sarah, do you have um, Gas Buddy or Get Upside? 
Have you heard of those? So I used to have both of those. And I've just found that the stations that the gas stations that are on those apps are just like 20 to 30 cents more per gallon than the other like mom and pop places that I can get gas right. at. So it doesn't really make sense economically um, to do it that way. But I feel like Gas Buddy will show you what the prices are like oh, yeah. in your area. That's why I was yeah. just saying, like, instead of driving around, just look at Gas Buddy to see what the cheapest station is. Oh, or yeah. Does it not have the mom and pop shops on there as well? Yeah, not all of them. And I'm definitely not driving around looking for gas. It's just okay. throughout my day, you know, right. as I'm doing what I do, I'm on days that I need to gas up, I'm really paying attention to gas stations as I'm delivering. Got it. Okay. Anybody else? <laughs> oh, yeah. My answers do not accept every order that these companies throw your way because you will go poor. Yeah. That's it. I, I cherry pick. Decline garbage. Know your worth. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't stand it. And I've had a driver when you're in the restaurant and you're just talking. I'm like, oh, yeah. So what's your order? I'm like, oh, it's an $18, six kilometers. Yes, sorry. I know the conversion anyways. And then I'm like, oh, so what do you got? Oh, I got 650. You got what? You accepted that? For how long? Four kilometers? I'm like, oh, bro, no. And so they're like, but but they, they got the color indicator telling me about my cancel. I'm like, and it, cancellation rate and acceptance rates are two different things. You can decline. I, I told my brother just yesterday, I have a 2% on Uber for acceptance rate. He's like, wow, know your worth. <laughs> On that side. No, this side. There it no, is. Your <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it just goes back to what I just said, that I focus on the hours that make me the most money. I don't take anything that's going to cost me. It has to be profitable because I do ride share and food delivery. I know the standard is $2 per mile for delivery. With rideshare, you're not getting that unless they're surge or bonus. It's just not going to happen. So I tend to bump up my delivery acceptance for those orders. I want higher paying orders to make up for the crap that I'm going to get on rideshare. Um, so it balances out, and I only work the hours that are going to be profitable, period. I don't work unless I see profit. Yeah, I don't have anything to add. I feel like they've all covered it. Yeah, for me, though, I just want to add track your mind. Like, I know it should be a given, but I feel like we go through tax season every year and someone somewhere goes, I haven't tracked my miles yet. And I'm like, oh, track your miles. Like, I feel like that's like the biggest thing that we do as delivery drivers is track miles and put money away for taxes. Those two things are huge with what we do. Okay, so that's two. So Lisa, why don't you go to the last category so we can get through the last one? All right, so this was an article that um, Sergio and, the, and Chris covered a couple weeks ago, I believe. It's um, the Gamblification of Gig Work. The article is by Vina DeBall. Um, basically, I'm trying to summarize this off of the top of my head. Um, basically, is saying that the algorithm in these gig apps has been designed to create certain uh, behaviors 
from the drivers. So sort of like a, uh, like you get a treat, like the, the Pavlov experiment where the guy like rings a bell, gives the dog a treat, the dog drools, and then they just learn that if the bell is rung, then they're going to get a treat. So they start drooling. So do you agree that gig apps have been developed to create a sort of Pavlov type behavior from gig workers? So right when the diamond program hit Sacramento, my little Facebook group of dashers, uh, we all talked about, we didn't use Pavlov, but that's basically what we were talking about was the psychology between seeing the diamond on the screen and thinking that you're getting a treat every single time when, you know, some of the diamond orders are amazing. Some are $6 for, you know, 2.7 miles, which isn't terrible, but it's not a diamond. As I like to say on my channel, it's not very diamondy. And they're not all diamondy, even though you see the diamond. So yeah. when I saw this question, it made me think of that conversation and how the diamond has turned into like the bell ring for, for gig workers on DoorDash. Yeah, 100%. Skip the Dishes does that down here with a shiny. If you got 80% acceptance rate, you'll get minimum $8 order. And it's like people feed off of that. And it's like, but you can decline that $8 order and potentially get 13, 14, 15, etc. But I find, and my brother's a living example about it, and I've talked about it so many times. It's that flashy, oh, but if you maintain 80%, yeah, but look at the crap I have to take to maintain that. So I think skip the dishes down here, which is not in the U.S., makes that kind of thing. We They don't have anything like DoorDash does with the pretty non-diamond-y diamond. But skip the dishes is like that, and it drives me crazy because it's like it's an $8 minimum. I can get more by just clicking no. I think the whole all the apps are set up to resemble Las Vegas from the colors they use. Um, you know, now they've turned to this gray, snowy looking thing, the red in DoorDash. When it's bright red, it will make your mind think, oh, it's busy. There's money when 90% of the time they just have one order sitting somewhere that didn't get delivered. So everything they do is based on psychology, just like Las Vegas. And I've been to Vegas a lot. Um, and what it's set up is it gives you that feeling. It, it, even if you know the truth, it still gives you an internal feeling that tricks your brain into thinking, oh, there's money. Oh, this is going to bring me a reward. It's all set up for that. Completely set up for that. Can't convince me any different. No, I agree. Um, on on Rideshare, there's like the surge, right? And you're told, never chase the surge. But if a surge is like within a, like a mile or two of me, for some reason, my brain is like, I'm going to chase that surge. I'm going to get that $19. I, there's even been live streams that I've done with my husband where you can hear me going, I'm going to go get that surge. I'm going to go get that $23 surge. They better not have surge baited me. Like, and I get it and I freak out. I'm like, yeah, I got it. And it's like, it's like hitting the jackpot at Vegas. Like seriously. Oh, sorry. But I have found out what the surge is, is if I see a surge, I'll log out, 
go to that area before I log in. Um, if you turn it on and head towards that area before you even get there, that's gone. It's, oh, yeah. Obliterate. And with my reserve rides, you still get surge if you accept the the reservation ride within that surge. So if I see, like, that's why I do three to six, there's a lot of surge because a lot of people aren't driving. So if I know I have a reservation at four and I know this area right here is going to have a $12 surge, I'm driving to that area before I turn on my app so that when that ride comes in, I'm getting the extra 12. But other than that, I'm, it's, it's all a game to have you chase the mounts. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I just think that they all, they all do it, whether it is surges, whether it's a, even a dollar peak pay. How often do you go on a door? I'm like, Ooh, there's a dollar peak pay. And it's like, a dollar you know I feel like we're just we're just so tuned in to like oh it's something extra whatever that is you know spark it's incentives trip it's bonus like there's something always going on with a lot of these apps you're like oh I think I can achieve that that would mean extra money I feel like they throw that around a lot and their only end game is to get orders delivered or rides to be taken so I, I hate peak pay what does peak pay mean no tippers right I'll Those get are- more lower prices come in, the lower ride share, the lower everything that they're just trying to get those mobile offers out there. And yep. Yep. You know, I'll drive away from that peak pay. <laughs> like, bye. Yeah. Um, this kind of goes into my next question that I want to ask. Have you experienced times when it is normally busy in your area, but your application seems to have ghost banned you so that you're not receiving any offers? Yep. Today, I, I did. Say. Yeah, I, I sat for forty-five minutes without a single offer, and I'm a very high acceptance rate person. So I felt like it was perfect timing for this conversation today, because it some days it just does not make sense. I've noticed that if uh, peak pay is getting ready to end, like within the next like 10, 15 minutes, they will not send me anything until peak pay has ended. And then like the minute peak pay is ended, ding, like what the heck? Where was this order 15 minutes ago? And it will be I feel like when, I mean, I don't even know, does Uber even do quests anymore? I haven't seen one in forever, but when they do do quests, like you're in like the last like five minutes and you need like one more and like, they'll send you like the worst of the worst orders thinking you're going to take it because you want to reach that quest. You're like, no, I just can't do it. It's not worth it. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's, I get quests every week now for the last like four or five weeks to two orders, three dollars, two orders, six dollars, to et cetera, et cetera. Then what's the last one? Five orders, twenty-five dollars. Have you even sent me five orders for the last three orders? Uh last three hours, Uber, because you're, you just just ghost me all the time when it comes to a quest. It happens yeah. all the time. Well so, then the can quest I, can I, oh sorry. Can I interject something real quick here? The other day I had a long Twitter battle with this um ex-Uber employee. He was one of the first 50 hired at Uber, and he worked there for six years. So we had a good Twitter battle. <clears throat> so I invited him on the show, uh, and he still defends Uber, all these things that they do. But one question he didn't answer is about throttling that you guys are talking about, ghost banning or shadow banning, whatever you want to call it. So when I asked him that publicly on Twitter, he goes, I don't know anything about that. So 
<clears throat> I invited him to come and have a debate with me, so I think we're going to do that on the 21st. So that should be an interesting one. And when it comes to, by the way, to you guys talking about the psychological games that they play, a third of all, all these companies, gig apps, um, employees, are high-paid psychiatrists, psychologists, uh, social workers, and behavioral scientists. In fact, long story short, um, I got an email maybe a couple, three weeks ago from a psychiatrist. He goes, look, I, YouTube pushed me your video. I didn't know anything about you. And then I got hooked on watching. And he goes, I saw that thing on your head. He goes, what is that? How'd you come up with that? I go, I don't know. It's just, uh, you know, saying whatever. I'm thinking of making T-shirts out of it. And then he goes, you know what that is? Because he's a, he's a psychiatrist that studies all these behavioral patterns of uh, gig workers. And he goes, that's the antidote. He goes, actually, that's the vaccine for all the, all the drivers to get vaccinated with. Because without that, he goes, they're going to be part of the game. So, you know, this is going to be an ongoing, fascinating conversation going forward, though. They do definitely play games for sure. So mm-hmm. it's OK. A bunch of us have been to therapy. They got some games to play. We've, we've been there. It's OK. You've been Keep vaccinated. Playing. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> You've been vaccinated with that. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. I, I'm going to ask one more question. And then if it's okay with Chris and Sergio, I did want to get to some of these questions that the, um, uh, what am I even saying? Viewers put in the chat. There we go. Yep. All right. So last question for me in this article, uh, Vina writes that based on Uber's own data, women make 7% less than men. Do you think there is true algorithmic wage discrimination or um, is there some other factor affecting these results? I think I get more money than some men. I know I do. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, let's let's just be honest here, okay? (laughs) You know what I'm going to say, Lisa. You know what I'm going to say, Kim. You know, there there are certain features on ladies that automatically, even if you're buttoned up, you have a gentleman and you're dropping or another woman i mean yeah or whatever anyways we have features that are our best assets and because of that sometimes we get higher tips and i have had it that i've gotten phone calls from a gentleman wanting to go out on a date and i was like not happening but i find women actually get more tips as i go to a bar and get a nice hot bartender you're gonna tell me you're not gonna tip her more i'll tip her more like yes (laughs) I love you, Ash. I have no filter. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, and that's what I love about you. It's awesome. All right. Um, I mean, for me, m- my husband has, uh, we, we both rent Teslas. I have the Model 3. He has the Model Y. Um, his qualifies for the more, uh, the Lux Black. Um, we don't do Uber Black because there's all these steps that well we're going to but we have to get through all these steps to make it to that and then he also has a large order program so consistently he does make more money than me but i think the only reason why he makes more money than me isn't because of the apps i think it's because of uh the like platforms he has access to like the programs that pay more that he has access to is what's making him more money than me he also has a very pretty beard. I mean, that's true. I mean, he was telling me about a, a female passenger he had in his car last night. And I was like, do you really want to tell this story to me? 
He's like, she didn't touch me. I promise. Definitely <laughs> touched him. Definitely did. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. But I mean, he has an issue with women touching him in his ride chair. I'm like, what the heck? I know the beard is amazing, but could you please oh, yeah. not I, I've, touch I've my too. man? Turn on that dash cam, Tony. You got some proving to do for your wife. Right. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> oh, he just commented, LOL, pretty beard. <laughs> no, he didn't he didn't say he didn't say she didn't touch it. <laughs> there he is. I had myself on mute. I was saying hi lovely when he just popped into the chat. Just <laughs> mm. at the right time. You know, discrepancy between pay. I would account it more towards men might be more apt to take rides that us as women wouldn't. Um, that's the only thing I could come up with because I, I, I emailed Sergio one time when he talked about this tip king. I get tips on almost every ride share I do. Um, there's been very few that I don't. Um, but I know there's rides, like I mentioned earlier, I'm not going to take where a, a man might take those rides because he's not going to be as fearful of the situation. Right. Um, so I mean, I we're going to have, well, we're going to have Vina on, by the way, um, in a couple, three weeks or whenever it is. I think the discrepancy comes from, you know, the, the most lucrative hours in ride share is bar hours. That's when it surges and that's when you're going to get the money. So yeah. most women are not going to drive those hours. Men will. 7% really is not that big of a deal. So yeah. I think that one, I don't know, it's questionable at best, really. It's, it's not a racial thing. It's not a gender thing. You know, some people choose to work the high-risk hours. They get high rewards. That's it. It is a fun topic, though. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I just wanted I wanted to play devil's advocate and just see what, what everybody thought. That's why. Oh, no, and right, get your husband in, in trouble for the ladies in the car. Yeah. Right. We know. We know. I wasn't actually planning on including that in the conversation. It just popped out. And that's when he pops in the chat, so it worked well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just think a lot of times, though, that these apps are designed to be non-biased. Like, they just shoot orders no matter whether you're a male, female. It's whatever. It's up to you as a driver, whether it's food delivery, rideshare, to take the orders versus not take the orders. But I can hustle like the best of them. I have no problem going out there and making my money. And I think that's where sometimes the discrepancy can come. As long as you're going out there hustling and making your money, then you know what money will come to you. Love I agree, 100%. All right, well, that's it for our questions. So uh, Kim, you wanna take one of these questions, um, these starred comments? Uh, hold on for one second, let me get into it. Okay. I want to hear about their worst delivery order. You can count me out. I really don't have bad deliveries. I don't. <laughs> I actually, oh, I actually came on. on the other day. I'm boring. I get, I get, I've gotten asked out, but never in trouble or anything else. It's boring. What about an interesting or weird? Or the guy memorable. asked me out. He called me after I dropped off my order to ask me out because I complimented his Christmas lights. <laughs> it was so weird. Why does Uber allow a client? To contact us in the last 15 minutes of dropping off an order. I dropped your order off like seven minutes ago. You were not supposed to be able to call me, and they did. And he called me to ask me out. That was weird. That was it. He saw my profile picture. That was it. I'm boring. Something I just <laughs> last night is I had a DoorDash order. I had already dropped off the order 
And actually my dash ended and then I logged back in for my next dash and I was getting a call from a previous customer who just went to cussing me out and threatening me. And uh, because it's McDonald's wasn't hot. You know, it's McDonald's, dude. Like how hot do you think it's going to be with cold drinks in the bag, whatever. Is this this a delivery app specific thing or because in ride share, there's not a chance they're giving the the passenger my number to call after I drop them off. It never has happened. Yeah, delivery. It some time. delivery thing. Oh, yeah, just a delivery thing. Yeah, yeah I don't that, do that's right. BS. That's not good. I don't like that one. Yeah. Okay, oh, so, so, so Ash, Ash, the only thing you complimented him is one, was his Christmas lights. Was it really did? That was it. It was a meet at the door. I got there. It was an, It's a very expensive restaurant. It was a meet at the door. I met him at the door, and I have appreciation for anybody that can stack Christmas lights lights at the tallest tree, and he did so successfully. So when he met me at the door, I said, have a good night. By the way, I adore your Christmas lights. He says, thank you. I go back to my car. I spin around. I notice he came outside the door. I'm like, oh, crap. Did the restaurant forget to put something in the bag? I start driving off. It's about four minutes later, and I get a phone call. And he says, hi, you're my Uber driver. I said, yes, I just dropped off your order. Awkward pause. Is there a problem with your order, sir? No. Uh, so you liked my Christmas lights? Yeah, good job. <laughs> He's like... And he was like, wow. well, I like your profile picture. I'm like, oh, I appreciate was, that. He and was then, lonely. Oh, boy. He, yeah, but, I mean, he oh, orders two, two of the fajita dinners and a steak. So, I mean, he had people over. And then he's like, so, do you want to go for coffee? And I said, well, I'm married. And he's like, so, do you still want my number? I was like, I don't think my partner would appreciate <laughs> oh, that. But it's a very oh, kind God. gesture, and I hope your food is great. Yeah, I hope you choke on it. There you go. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, he was being innocent and nice and cute and whatnot, and just not my cup of tea. And have a nice night. <laughs> All right. Okay. Sarah, you're you're. I you're... had a yucky one recently. I, I mean, I'm sure I've had some bad ones over the years, but one that's standing out, and I touched on it a little bit earlier about um, alcohol deliveries and IDs. I had a lady, she took a long time to come to the door. I was delivering, it was from the grocery store. So it was groceries and like a 12 pack of something, Smirnoff or something. And she finally came to the door and handed me her ID. And I mean, it wasn't her, the picture wasn't her. And so I'm, I'm, I'm always nice to people. I'm not, I didn't say it in an accusatory way. I just said, um, so I have to talk to the person, you know, whose ID I'm scanning. Is this you? And she said, it's my sister. And I said, oh, that's fine. Can she come to the door? Oh, she just had surgery. She's on the couch. And I said, okay, that, you know, that's fine. Either I need to scan the ID of, you know, who I'm talking to, or I can scan your ID if you want to go get it. And meanwhile, she's holding her German shepherd back, who's like barking profusely during the whole conversation. So she, she shuts the door, not completely closed, but still like ajar, says the, uh, calls me a few names to her sister to come over to the door to, you know, prove that it's really the sister who's there in the ID. And, you know, of course I said, thank you. And, you know, I'm sorry, I just have to follow protocol. And, you know, meanwhile, like two hours later, I see a one star pop up on my ratings. So I'm like, it's just so frustrating. You try to do everything right. And then you just encounter people that want to make yucky choices. And then we don't, we, 
we don't have any like we don't have any way to to challenge that or even give our side of the story you know anyway it, one star is not gonna kill me but it's just annoying when my you know attitude would have my attitude would have challenged her <laughs> like you're so nice <laughs> um, yeah i mean i don't i don't want to get in confrontations with people i'm just there to deliver your food but um yeah she didn't like she didn't like that i challenged that it, it, it clearly wasn't her in the picture <laughs> the other oh, day and she, and she gave me a thumbs down for friendliness <laughs> i honestly would have tossed the ball back up the app itself the app will not allow me to scan anything other than this or you know put it back on the app i don't know that way maybe you take yourself out of um, I just, I always use protocol. That's always the word that I use that I have to follow protocol. And that means that I have to match the ID with the person I'm talking to. The other day I had a Grubhub order and I delivered it and I thought the guy was coming out to grab his food and it was like eight o'clock at night, pitch black. And he's like, who are you? I'm like, hi, I'm Grubhub, your delivery driver. No one on my property ordered food. Oh, and I said, I oh, and, and I, I yeah, so I show, I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to deliver to you. And I said the address. He's like, that's my address, but no one here ordered food. You need to leave my property now. And I'm like, okay, have a good night. <laughs> so I actually, it was a busy street. So I had to like go to the next street over, call Grubhub. And the customer in the midst of all this wasn't available. Finally, he texted me, oh, sorry, my bad. I have the wrong address. <laughs> and it was like 10 more miles away. I'm like, sorry, you're, you're, you're out. <laughs> but it ended up being his uncle's house that he sent the order to, not his house. And I'm like, thank you for um, getting me in trouble with your uncle who told me to leave his property immediately. <laughs> I saw that video, Kim. I thought that was actually very helpful. Thank See, you. Kim, I thought yours would be you knock on Bon Jovi's door. <laughs> okay? Because Kim delivers to Bon Jovi and the <laughs> governor of New Jersey and all these high-end people, right? So, so Bon Jovi goes, hey, how's it going? And then, you know, like there's Coke everywhere or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that would be like that or, or some other stuff going on in the back room. I'm like, I don't know. But yeah, I, you know, you, you all ladies are rock stars in your own really cities because this is not an easy thing to do. And as Sarah said, you know, all these apps have the attitude, shoot first, ask questions later. Customers are always right. Well, customer is not always right, but then, you know, that one star to you is not going to mean much. Right. And then I'm sure you one star her back. Right, Sarah. Or can you do a thumbs down or no. whatever you do? No, no. DoorDash doesn't let you do a darn thing. Nothing. Really? No rating to customers. No, no just the restaurants. Really? You can only so rate the restaurants. We haven't used any cuss words in this one and a half, two hours now. That's bullshit. This is hard for me not to be cussing and swearing. Like seriously. Know, if you watch, if you watch us regularly, you'd be, you'd be understanding. You cuss all the time, Sergio. We know. Yeah, I know. So anyway, so but I. Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, you? I've been trying. I've been trying really hard to rein in the road rage on our lives. So I've been coming up with creative cuss words, but apparently, like fudgical. Fudgical is what I was told to say uh, around my nephew. Like mother, <laughs> like mother, brother, and 
<laughs> what uh what the frog oh. the frog it's more fun <laughs> <laughs> um so i've been trying to rack my brain for my worst delivery story and all i'm coming up with is rideshare probably because that's what i've been doing more recently and honestly tony says that i get all the weirdos in my car like i just have the most interesting experiences now, i wouldn't say uh bad experiences just interesting like i drove a dominatrix um and she had a stop at dunkin donuts and then she bought me donuts and she was hungry. She had a job to do. I mean, <laughs> it was interesting for sure. And Tough then, work. Oh, it eats with, the donut where it gets whipped again. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it is about women and getting in my car and offering me food, but it's happened a lot. Um, with Valentine's Day coming up, one of my Ooh. I picked up go. not on Valentine's Day, the morning after, I, I picked up this very interesting lady. Um, who was talking about trying to um, manifest love in her life and what she was doing to, you know, attract the right uh, guy. And I was expecting her to, you know, talk about maybe like working on herself or something like that. No, she was carrying rose quartz around. This rock that she had in her pocket was going to bring her love. Um and then she gave me chocolate. She gave me one of those little, like, uh, Valentine's heart chocolates as she was getting out. Maybe she was pointing out something to you, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My radar is going off a little bit on that one. Maybe. Yeah, I was just like, um, uh, whatever floats your boat. I'm, I just don't think that rocks can do much for your love life because they're rocks. So... <laughs> See, this is this is why I see the injustice. Okay, delivery versus rideshare. Rideshare gets paid probably half as much as delivery does, and we have to sit and deal with all this. This, you know, we have to play shrinks. We have to play daddy. We have to play brother. We have to play all these things for sixty cents a mile. And I'm like, come on, man! It should be the other way around. You guys are delivering food. Food doesn't talk to you. Food doesn't throw up. Food doesn't do any of that stuff. Well, like, if you're doing hey. an alcohol delivery and they throw up, that might be questionable. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but but plenty plenty passengers throw up in your backseat. Trust me. <laughs> no, thank I have you. never I have never had a passenger puke in my car, not once. Wow. And that's because I actively avoid the drunk people. Mm. Although I have had one person that like had motion sickness really bad, and she had her head out my window like the whole ride. <laughs> well, that was courteous. That was courteous. Yeah. 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 All right, one more. Oh, one more right. question. Yeah, yeah, one more. And then, okay. and then we'll have to say goodbye. We'll do this All right. Um, so yeah. do you feel or safe? For the delivery. Or I mean, sorry, for the, the uh, uh, rideshare drivers here. Okay. Do you feel safer working the airport queue versus out on the street? I only take airport reservations. Sitting in airport queue is a waste of time to me and waste of money. I mean, I watch drivers sit there for two hours. That's two hours wasted. Um, so I only do reservations at the airport. If I can't get a reservation, I don't have really time for it. 
I'm I'm the same. I very rarely sit in the airport queue unless it's like surged and there's like nobody in it because it's a waste of time otherwise. Um, as far as safety, I would say that none of my weird rides have come from the airport. Although I did have one passenger that was like, you have to, like at DIA, you have to drop off at level five. He wanted me to drop him off at level six. And it's a $500 fine if I do that. And I said, sorry, I'm dropping you off at level five. And he's all, it's not safe for me to get out here. My security team is on level six. And I'm like, maybe you shouldn't be in a lift if you need a security team. (laughs) (laughs) What the heck, bro? He threw a fit like he was four years old. And I have a crap load of kids, so I'm used to dealing with temper tantrums. And I was just like, I just ignored him. Just let him get out of my car. And then I rated him a one star. That was the end of that. So There you go. Well, ladies, you know, um, we could do this probably a 24-hour marathon or a telethon or whatever it is. But, I mean, you guys are awesome. So, I mean, I'll let Chris close, but I want to thank you all, honestly. Um, This is amazing that you guys are hustling and you guys love what you do, number one. Number two, there is a common factor in all of you, which is you all multi-app. Because I believe gig work is, I have my time for sale. I'm going to sell it to the highest bidder, period. There's no ifs, there's no buts, there's nothing else. And more importantly, you've all been vaccinated with this. So, you know, I couldn't have a better panel. I thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for your time. And then we'll definitely see you down the road. Thanks again. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Uh, thank you to, you know, uh, Diane, Lady D, um, you know, Sue, or I'm sorry, Sarah, Ash. Uh, and thank you, Kim and Lisa, for, you know, kind of getting everything going, the topics and all that. Appreciate it. Definitely good to have uh, the different perspective there. Uh, and appreciate you coming on, sharing all that. Um, you know, oh, maybe, maybe we'll try to get uh, what we couldn't talk about uh, or some new topics on, on a separate uh, one coming up, you know, in the near future. But, yeah, thank you for coming on. Appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, it's just good to get that perspective. Um, and with that being said, Hope you guys got some good uh, info out of all of that. And then also one last thing when it comes to not only smashing the like button, which you should be doing if you're watching this right now and you haven't already, make sure you do. And then also for next week's Show Me the Money Club, it will be on Wednesday and not Tuesday because Valentine's Day is on Tuesday. So if you got somebody special, don't forget, this is your early warning for that. So don't be in the doghouse. All right. See you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.